This is the Off Kilter Podcast. It is about breaking rules, listening to your ovaries, and coloring outside of the lines. Each week, we will connect and be in conversation about how to reignite your sexuality, feel powerfully graceful, and deeply connected to your body, all while navigating life. I am your teacher, Amy Kate Burr. On Monday, I wrote a blog about olive oil. If you missed it, here it is. This morning on my walk back from the local farmer's market store, the straps to one of my shopping bags broke. The bag fell from shoulder height, and I watched as my big $17 bottle of organic olive oil smashed on the ground. I walked all the way home, leaving a trail of olive oil behind me. I was a little annoyed that I lost $17 worth of organic olive oil, but it was a sunk cost. The amount I spent was irrelevant. I can't get it back, so it's not worth worrying about what I lost. What matters is what the benefit of me being able to ignore the sunk cost and move forward will be for my future self. Luckily, the jar of organic peanut butter and my three dozen organic eggs were in the other shopping bag. Sometimes it's good not to put all your eggs in one basket. So a lot of humans connected with me to tell me that they loved this story, most saying that they love a good story. So welcome to episode eight. Let me tell you a story. Episode eight is about story and the first episode of my storytelling series. Today's episode is about my story, mostly my training story and how I became a teacher. And over the next few episodes, I will guest remarkable women who will share their powerful stories. Now, most stories start with once upon a time, but I'm not going to go back that far. Today, we are going to start in the middle somewhere between my single most dangerous story, how it was birthed and how it was a curator of my life to the present day, where now I have the privilege of helping women rumble with their story, uh, helping women connect more powerfully with themselves and their body to feel powerfully graceful, confident, secure, and loved. So let's do this. And we're going to start with my single most dangerous story. I was raised with the belief that we don't do things we aren't good at. So my single dangerous story was incubated from a fear of failure, of not being good enough, of not being good at it. Birthing the story, you don't do things you aren't good at. And this single dangerous story changed my behaviors. It limited my possibilities and it prevented me from trying new things. But mostly, it really prevented me from powerfully relating to others and from setting goals. My armor became perfectionism. This heavy defense really navigated how I showed up in the world, blocking me from these feelings of fluidity, fun, and connection. And It wasn't until 2016, uh, and that's only three years ago, 
when I suffered a rib injury while I was competing in Olympic weightlifting, that I decided that I really needed to get curious about this story. I needed to walk into it and I so badly needed to change this story. So I would like to share with you the story about how I did this and the three biggest lessons I learned from changing my story. I come from a gymnastics and dancing background. While I was completing my Bachelor of Exercise Science and Nutrition, I shifted into running and I ran a lot while I was at university for five years. I thought at the time that it was a quick, effective way to train and manage stress. Plus, it was very different to dancing and gymnastics. I wasn't good at it when I started and this caused me to run a lot to try and perfect my gait, to run faster, to run longer, to be a better runner. With everything, I would try to practice my way to perfection. This births lesson number one. What I have learned is that we have to practice our way into it. When we want to cultivate a new habit, develop a new skill, improve our flexibility, Uh, develop our writing skills, get better at speaking. We have to practice our way into it. It doesn't just happen. I can't just be perfect at it straight away. Plus, it's not even really about the skill or the outcome. It's about the soft skills that you develop along the way. Skills like awareness and patience and focus, concentration, consistency, these skills and tools help build a practice and self-discipline that really foster change and connection. So I ask you, what are you going to practice your way into? Okay, back to the story. The excessive running paired with hours of sitting to study caused lower back pain. And I had this on and off for a couple of years. Each flare up would come in waves. I completed my bachelor's degree uh, and I moved to Melbs uh, in Australia and started working as a personal trainer. In 2012 to 2014, I undertook my master's in dietetics. And these two years gifted a master's degree, which was very clinical and very unsatisfying and extremely stressful. These two years also gifted a relationship breakdown, 5 a.m. starts, excessive exercise, shingles, chronic lower back pain, and a substantial weight gain due to hormonal imbalances. Basically, you could say I was a mess. (laughs) Uh, I started working as a dietitian in private practice after graduating, specializing in eating disorders. And this work was hard and it left me feeling emotionally beaten most days. I had worked so hard to get to this place. Uh, I had decided to become a dietitian and specialize in eating disorders in 2005 after my sister suffered from anorexia. So I went and I completed my Bachelor of Exercise Science and Nutrition, and I did really well. And then I completed my master's in dietetics and I found all these amazing mentors that specialized in eating disorders and I was in this place where I thought that I wanted to be. 
And I worked so hard and spent so much money to get there. But as I started practicing, I soon learned that I didn't want to be a dietitian, that I didn't want to specialize in eating disorders. So for a year, I rumbled with this. I felt stuck. I was unhealthy. I was unhappy. This was the year that I suffered a really bad flare-up in my lower back. And I remember after a really hard day in private practice, I was flat on my back on the floor and I wasn't able to get up. I was flexible, but I wasn't strong. And I was referred to a coach named Jules who specialized in pain and rehabilitation. Jules was strict, innovative, dedicated, and unconventional. Uh, I have never met another human like him. And he became my trainer and my teacher and my mentor and a really good friend. He disrupted my thoughts and beliefs around the body, movement, food, habits, and the self. And he changed my life. I remember uh, when I started working with him, being so weak, I couldn't lift 20 kilos off the ground. I didn't know how to move anymore. I was broken and disconnected. And this was such a hard place for me to be in because I came from a background of dancing and gymnastics where I always felt strong and powerful and graceful and very capable. And I was this weak girl who was in chronic pain. So I had to relearn how to move again. (laughs) And in 2014, I spent that 12 months cultivating a healthier, stronger spine and connecting with my body again. So I worked on rebalancing my hormones and managing my stress. And slowly, day by day, session by session, I crafted a strong, powerful, graceful body again. It wasn't easy. (laughs) Each week when I had my session with Jules at the start, I remember that I would cry nearly every session, not because it was hard, but just because I was rumbling with this story um, about we only do things that we're good at. And I was not good at anything. I was weak and I was broken and everything was hard. Jules really nurtured and helped me move through this. Uh, And I left private practice and went back to coaching full time. So herein lies lesson number two, ignore sunk costs. Just like my olive oil story, the amount I spent was irrelevant. I can't get it back. So it's not worth worrying about what I lost. And this was a big learning that I had around... Uh, university and my master's in dietetics. I remember when uh, I was first going to university, my mum said to me, you may never end up doing what you do at university, but it's more uh, than just the degree. It's about what you learn about yourself, about the world, about just all the soft skills, organization, uh, discipline, motivation, self-awareness. And it took me a really long time to get to this place to be able to ignore the sunk cost of leaving private practice and no longer being a practicing dietitian. 
What I have learned is that what matters is the benefit of me being able to ignore that sunk cost and move forward. So we often get stuck in past tense and we can't move forward, create change, shift or pivot or recalibrate because we can't ignore the sunk cost. Maybe it's time, maybe it's money, maybe it's energy uh, that you've invested into a relationship or into work. And to just leave it uh, is scary. But the biggest, one of the biggest lessons that I have learned is that we need to get better at ignoring sunk costs because the benefit of us being able to do that is so powerful to move forward in life. Okay, let's get back to the story. So I had been working with Jules for 12 months and I had cultivated a stronger, healthier spine. I had, I finally felt uh, more balanced and healthy and stronger again. So training became a space for me to explore and learn and grow as a human and as a teacher. I promised myself that I would never feel like that again. So I began to cultivate a way of living that ensured that I was healthy and balanced and happy and that I was always in this state of harmony. Jules introduced me to Olympic lifting in 2014 uh, at the end of that 12 months. And I had this natural ability to lift to be able to move the bar with grace. And I just picked up the technique very quickly. I started competing in 2015. Finally, I was strong and lifting made me feel powerfully graceful again. I became fascinated with perfecting my lifting. I guess you could call it fascination. Maybe we could call it obsession as well. And I curated my whole life around lifting and my training. I was so terrified to feel weak and broken again that my life was set up all around my training. I trained a lot, like three or four hours a day, not to lose weight, not to change my body composition, but to master the practice, to be perfect, to get the outcome to feel powerful and strong and graceful. I used to have the mindset that if it wasn't long and hard and perfect and I didn't feel physically exhausted, it wasn't training. And what happened is that I really found it hard to navigate my own life while competing and training this much, let alone trying to navigate how I related to others. And my attachment to lifting, this obsession, this fascination, really negatively impacted my relationships. And eventually, it negatively impacted my body. So in 2016, I dislocated my rib. And this injury surfaced this deep attachment I had to lifting. I couldn't lift for about four or five months and I discovered that I based my identity and my self-worth on being a great lifter. I based my self-worth on the bar, on how much was on the bar, how well I lifted that day. I just had this fear of failure, uh, this fear of being weak and broken again uh, and this fear of it not being perfect. 
in my weight class, I was never the strongest lifter, but I was always the prettiest. So I became attached to uh, the, the lifting always looking perfect and pretty. And so I moved into this place of comparison and fear and scarcity. I was always focused on the outcome, the number, how well I lifted that day. So I had to walk away from lifting. I worked really hard to heal and change this relationship. This injury uh, was when I really knew that I had to work on my story. I had to walk into it and get curious and change it because it was a detriment to my health and it was really impacting how I related to others. So I walked away from lifting for over a year uh, and I didn't touch a barbell and I rumbled with my story. I walked into it. I explored uh, this single dangerous story and I had to start trying other things, doing things that I wasn't good at uh, that really um, challenge this beginner's mindset coming in just for the exploration to play and to be curious and it was just about the journey of learning and not a, not about the outcome so when I touched the barbell again I really I just explored my relationship to it and I really asked myself was was I lifting from a place of fear and scarcity or was I lifting because I loved it and uh, it made me feel powerfully graceful. So now when I move my body and when I train, I always make sure it's coming from this place of love, that I do it for the joy of the practice. I do it to connect powerfully with my body. I lift when I want and most of the time I don't get attached to the outcome. I try really hard to come into things with a beginner's mind, to have fun and enjoy the process. And this is my why. Why do I train? I train to powerfully connect to my body. I train because it makes me feel strong, powerfully graceful and connected. And I need to remember that it's not about the outcome, the numbers. So it was really hard at the start and <laughs> I sucked at it. And it was a lot of dirty work. But the really cool thing was that I learned to move from a place of love. And I actually felt a lot better. There was this freeness, this lightness. I found that I could connect more powerfully with people like you and the people around me. And I really enjoyed the company of others. I was able to move more powerfully into my role as the teacher and help others more powerfully too, because I wasn't so concerned about myself. When I was training and competing, I was so obsessed with my training and my environment and making sure that I did everything uh, that was in my program. I was so concerned about myself and my training that it was at the detriment to a lot of relationships. And this is what I find with a lot of us is if we shift how we think of training, we not only get better results uh, because we're coming from this place of love, but we can create greater connections and we have a more powerful impact with our family and our friends and the people around us. So herein lies lesson number three. Training is a lever to connect to your body. 
to teach you soft skills like inquiry, patience, compassion, hard work, self-awareness, connection, joy. Training helps you powerfully connect to your body and others. And we need positive peer pressure to help us get curious about our story, to help us walk into it and change it. So over the past few years, I've slowed down. I don't train as much anymore. I train for the journey and the experience. It makes me present, aware and grateful. And I teach women to reconnect with their bodies through movement, nourishment and love. And I teach them to find their why. Today, I still rumble with perfectionism, (laughs) but I really try and stay curious and have a positive peer pressure group that helps me rumble with it and to work through it. So that's it. Episode eight. I can't wait to share with you the stories from a few remarkable women I have had the privilege of knowing and connecting with over uh, the past few years. So tune in for our storytelling series next week. As you know, I teach a monthly masterclass and August masterclass is on how to become a confident eater. If you have any questions, you can connect with me on Instagram at amykatebow. I also write a daily blog you can sign up on my website, amykatebow.com. Thank you for making the space to listen today. Remember, take the long way home. Bye for now.